0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: You will save! You will save! Jock clock turned off. Calvary. Oh, Hall, eight to shoot. Hall, oh, the runner! Blue ball, hit good! Williams Goss comes out of the pack. Matthews for three. Oh my
2: goodness! Morrison. Time for Zag
3: Hoop Talk with Jack and Sack on the Believe Podcast Network. Oh, wow. Here's Jack Ferris. They found mold in my apartment. And Rob Sacre. All I was thinking about is like, how do you know which things to use to wipe?
0: Believe in the Zags. He's Rob Sacre. I'm Jack Ferris. Rob? Yes, sir. If you were to list our biggest guests, you know, you got your, your your Ron Artest, sorry, your Meta World Pieces.
3: Chris Kamen. You got your
0: Chris Kamens. You got your Adam Morrisons. I think we made an entry in the top five this week.
3: It's, it's up there.
0: He's, he's definitely top ten. No, he's top five. Top five for sure. It's Sean Farnham, Gonzaga's favorite national play-by-play guy. He joins us. I thought we were going to get him for 25, maybe 30 minutes. Obviously, he's a busy guy. An hour, Rob. (sighs) Prepare. Just prepare, y'all. That man can talk uh, in the best way possible. Had a blast speaking with him. He was so good with his time and had some excellent insight and just flattering things to say about Gonzaga And, and you particular, Rob.
3: It's weird how that works.
0: I Did you like used to pay for his dinner down in L.A. or something? Because he really no, liked it just, for some
3: reason. We ended up talking about strip clubs, and that's mm-hmm. when we ended. <laughs> that's I bond. don't
0: know about his end, but that's what he kept bringing on my side. That is the bond that never breaks, Rob. It's Super Bowl <laughs> week, buddy. What is, what is this? What are you trying to say, Jack? <laughs> Have you made your bets yet, Rob? No, I have not. Well, good news. You can go to betonline.ag right now. Get things going. Tampa Bay, the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, is currently a a three-and-a-half-point dog. Kansas City looking for their... What? Second title in uh, two, <laughs> years. that copy was weird. That copy was weird. So I just, uh, I freeze. That oh, online has hundreds of props on the game, including game MVP margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. It's always under always bet the under it's going to be like minus minus one forty-five. I don't care. Hammer the under always available online or on your mobile device visit betonline today again betonline.ag get those bets in now boy oh boy rob uh, a whole hum weekend for the zag dogs
3: well, what i was impressed with with that pepperdine game antoine anton gave me a, the best aggressive dunk of the that might have been the best dunk of the season yeah could have been could have been you know Absolutely. So, and I just want to let our fans know I reached out to Pargo. I'm trying to get Pargo on this show, so he better get a hold of me and give him hell if he, he doesn't get a hold of me, people.
0: Come on, Jeremy. Get on. The Come show. on, little P. Yeah, Zags uh, are eight, eight, and one, depending. So was, the spread was 28 or 28 and a half. Jeez. If you had 28 and a half down at San Diego, you're a loser. That's too bad. Uh they covered barely against Pepperdine. Zag betting the Zags is is as stressful as any venture in sports in general. Zags are 8-8-1 eight, eight right now.
3: I'm ready for the WCC to be over, be honest with
0: you. I know I I it it sounds lame, but I'm very tired of the WCC right now. <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, Rob, and by the time people are listening to this, maybe news is out. But uh, again, you're going to hear about it as we talk to Sean Farnham. Sounds like something's in the work this weekend. Mark Few's not going to go two full weeks without having a game. Right. So sounds like there could be something in the works uh, Saturday. If it's a WCC team, who knows? It sounds like the odds of it being uh, a power five team are, are good. Houston was in the cards over the weekend. I think we were flirting with Houston to play a game in Salt Lake City. Uh, I think that idea has been put to bed. So, again, it's Tuesday morning, uh, 11 o'clock. We don't know right now. That's the silver lining of this season, Rob. Oh, is this, dude. Is this kind of stuff. It is kind of exciting.
3: It is exciting, and, it, and it's cool to see uh, at this late in the season – we're playing different opponents that are not in our conference because you and I are sick of the WCC and I'm sure a lot of people are. So I
0: think most people are, most people are, are kind of bored with the WCC. Speaking of being bored with the WCC, what's up? WCC player of the week standings update. Rob, Timmy got his second one over the weekend. He had 19 and six at Pepperdine 21 and seven at San Diego. It's his second WCC player of the week title this season. Uh, joining Kispert with two, Ayayi has two, Nemard has one, Suggs has one. No other program has more than one. So we have eight.
3: This this is conquering at its finest.
0: Portland has one, and Pepperdine has one. WCC Freshman of the Week, uh, Suggs has seven. Balo has one, and then a couple other programs have have one each. Gee. I mean, if that stat doesn't doesn't tell you. Absolutely, I'm bored.
3: Yeah, man. No, man, it's men amongst boys. That's what it feels like.
0: It's boring. Gonzaga, number one of the AP rankings. Again, how many votes do they get? They got 61 first place votes. Baylor has three. Again, who cares? That's, I mean, if you're losing sleep over Gonzaga losing three first place votes, you need to get a job. Absolutely. Um, Speaking of getting a job, Rob, have you ever considered getting into the WWE? Dude. Dude. Man, I my when were you into wrestling? I guys? never was. I was never a wrestling guy. Oh,
3: that that explains everything.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: <that laughs> dude, my son is back in. My son is into wrestling right now, and like he's like wanting to know guys' storylines and all that. And I'm like, dude, like this is awesome. I'm showing them all highlights. And there was like a transition. I don't know when we were growing up. It was raunchy back then
0: yes i remember the ring girls like remember yes. china i remember china oh,
3: china miss kitty showing the puppies okay anyway trish
0: trish stratus oh yeah
3: great canadian oh yeah too. a bunch of canadian oh. oh come on man yeah i'm all about that and um so it was real raunchy and now i watch it and it's super like corporate and it's not the same as what we were growing up but it's just it's kind of fun to get into like a uh a soap opera for like men's soap opera that's really what it is it's yeah. a man's soap opera really yeah
0: yeah and it's just kind like going cool. to the theater yeah it
3: really be. is yeah but guys are smashing them but it's just it was kind of fu- fun to kind of relate with my son on some wrestling and going back in history explaining what guys storylines were and all that it was, it was fun
0: now have you been have you been watching wrestling your whole life or did you take a break I've taken a break. I took yeah. a break. I watched
3: it hardcore when I was really young, when The Rock was at its his peak.
0: Sure. Oh yeah, like like twenty years ago, right around turn of the century.
3: Right, exactly. And uh, and then I I took a break, and then we went to Hell in the Cell. Tracy Murray gave us tickets to Hell in the Cell on the floor and i don't know what the hell that is hell in the cell is where they're in a cage anyways okay we got to sit on the floor and you get to take the chairs with you when you leave oh sweet yeah it was and that's when i started getting back into wrestling and q was all about it after that he's a huge john cena fan and it just kind of spiraled after that And now he's all into it again like as a Nine-year-old boy should be, you know. Well, not Jack. He's more. No. Improb- you were probably into plays yourself. You weren't into. I
0: was. I know you were. I know I you were. I, I, I I really was. Yeah. Like
3: you probably listening to Hamlet and and like some Shakespeare shit. And yeah. I know Jack. This is why we work so well together.
0: Yeah. Uh God. I was in the Tempest, Love Labor's Lost, Love's Labour's <laughs> Lost, Midsummer's <laughs> Night Dream.
3: Oh. Um, what is the poem where uh I know the Midsummer Night's Dream. I I had to do a Puck, the Puck poem? The, no, it's when um is it Lady she's the queen.
0: I had ta- to I re- is it Tanya.
3: Yes. She had to re- she had to say a long verse and I had to do it in English in high school. I remember Midsummer Night's Dream. I think dream. she
0: falls in love with Bottom, right? Because Puck puts her under that spell. Yeah.
3: yeah. That right? That's a, that's a good one though. That's so, a, okay, out, so out you, of all the Shakespeare. You approve of me
0: being in that one?
3: Yeah, I'll be. Oh, yeah, good. I I can do that one. <laughs> I there's another. There's some other plays that I would maybe question for you, but anyway. Okay,
0: let's get back on the man side of things. You know what we need to do on another episode when we're not well over an hour is assign current Zag players to historic wrestlers. Oh, you're in.
3: Oh, dude, yeah,
0: we should do that one for sure dude I, I okay so growing up i remember th- I, it, dude i just never understood it when i was it, 18, when i was like yeah. 10 11 12 13 and all my friends were into it and i would watch it and i would be like this is just this is this is so fake i can't i can't believe it but because my dad wasn't into it i didn't have older brothers that that shared with me the storylines you know so i was watching it all out of context it made no sense to me right if and I you just, if, just jump into no, it, and that's what I was trying to do. I had sisters, you know, they were right? That stuff. No, no. My you Little know. Pony, though, I'm I'm all about. I'm sure, and Care Bear, you were all about that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah. So, but even today, I like try to get into it and try to. It's, understand it's it. It's terrible
3: today. It's oh, terrible. You think it's bad today? Oh, it's oh, I can't, I can't sit and watch it at all. Okay. It's just like this is too fake for me. Back in the day, they would like they'd throw thumbtacks on the on the mat and like. Throw each other on
0: thumbtacks and barbed wire bats, and it was like, and then about one out of every three wrestler would be involved in a triple murder suicide 10 years later. Maybe that's why they changed it a little. (laughs) I'm sorry, just facts are facts. Facts are facts.
3: (laughs) Well, we're not gonna talk about the great Chris Benoit, but, anyways. no, nah, man, it was just, it, well, you, we need to get Tracy on here about that because he'll talk about that forever. Um, I would say they got to a point in, in WWE where they had to make, uh, find like a decision on which direction they were going to go. Yeah, Like, are they going to be hardcore, like inappropriate, which they were, or they were going to go corporate, in which they have gone, and try to go to the the masses.
0: I mean, that's my like, wrestling history, man. Probably the right move on their part, but sounds like mm-hmm. you're a little bit disappointed in it. I
3: yeah, you, I like hardcore stuff.
0: Oh, you don't have to tell me that, pal. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so weird. I mean, that, that's not, that's not like that was so weird by me. That was just an automatic reaction. There's not like a story or anything. Uh, oh, that's weird. Hey, you know who's really... You can censor that, Jay. You, you, you know, no, like con- no, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's into wrestling, Rob? Who? Sean Farnham. Should we bring him yes, on? Yes, he is. Heads up. The Zoom call with Sean cuts out a little bit here and there, but for the most part, uh, it, it's fine. From the corner!
1: Hey guys, it's a new year and every day is a fresh start for you to just live. Travis Pastrana here to to tell you exactly why I teamed up with Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, and Paul Rodriguez to launch our new wellness brand, Just Live. As professional athletes, we put ourselves through a lot, physically and mentally. So we found a Just Live around all natural THC-free CBD products. Being from the East Coast, I was pretty skeptical about CBD products, but as an athlete, it's easy to see when something works. And when my dad was at Wits End, living in a fog of painkillers, severe lack of sleep, numerous surgeries later, I recommended he try CBD. It allowed him to get an extra couple hours of sleep and it made all the difference to get my dad back on his feet. So don't go another day with pain, inflammation, or lack of sleep. I recommend trying Just Live today. These are products we fully trust and stand behind because we want you to be able to go out and just live. So get 20% off your order with code armchair at justlive.com. That's 20% off at justlive.com with the code armchair. What do you live for? Sean Farnham on the pod, Rob, full disclosure,
0: just so everyone knows, I literally just rent, went down to the corner store and picked myself up a rock star for this next guest because he will not out energy me today. I'm terrified. Sean Farnham is just going to burn the house down with his energy.
2: How are you You do you look? You look dialed back right now, Sean. I just I just finished my workout. So like I woke up this morning. I went on my three mile run. Came back. Got my weights in. You know. Then you tell me I got to work with Big Rob. Like, I know that, like, I got to bring like a, I got to step my game up. Like, I got to feel strong. I got to feel big. I got to feel good. Uh, otherwise, there's no chance I can hang on this pod.
3: You said it. I didn't, brother. I'm too cold to hold, <laughs>
0: too hot to handle. That's what I'm about. You've been telling me that since the first day I covered you, big fella. And uh, Tell me about that first day you covered Rod. How did this uh,
2: relationship begin? Well, you know, like, look, my first game I ever did uh, for Gonzaga was the uh, Kawhi Leonard, Billy White, mm-hmm. uh, San Diego State win. Was that athlete. your first game? That was my first game I ever did for ESPN. Get out of yeah. here! And so, um, I, I had, I had just left doing stuff for CBS Sports uh, as well as Fox Sports West, and I had just signed my deal with ESPN, and they said, "Hey, we want you to go do this game up in uh, Spokane." And Dave Fleming and I, which funny, we're still calling the games together now, which is. Great. He's just great. Um, But we go up there, and I have, like, nothing. I have no clue what to expect, right? And, like, that student section, uh, the kennel is just on one at all times, especially for big games. And, you know, I knew who Kawhi was because I was from Southern California, so I knew how good Kawhi Leonard was. And that game, Billy White was the guy that got going and went off. Uh, But it really was the coming out party of Kawhi Leonard. The funny part about that year, and Rob could probably help me out with this, but they lost that game, and the Zags fans were like, he's rooting against us. And so then we fast forward and we get to the conference play and St. Mary's that year, I believe was the year that they won the first ever game and Mickey hit the shot. Yes. And, and they
0: did and they did the, the
2: Aaron Rodgers championship belt at the students. Right. Center. Yeah. And and the Zags fans were like, Farnham hates us. Like he, he doesn't like Gonzaga. Like, and I'm like, no, like I like celebrating the moment. Like, you don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't come in the game, like hoping one team wins or loses. I really don't, even if it's a UCLA game. Like I go in just like wanting to have a great game and having a great finish. And if somebody hits a buzzer beating shot, like I'm going to go crazy. I think that's my job. Uh, But it was funny because the Zag, my relationship with the Zags, they all thought I hated them for like the first two years. And then like now they're like, I could run for mayor, and I have a good chance of winning. So it's it's gone full circle, <laughs> Sean. I love that you you brought that up
0: because the marriage between the Gonzaga basketball program and Sean Farnham is a happy marriage, but it certainly was rocky at first. Yeah, uh, yeah. You mentioned it. You really? came in, and for years and years, Rob, you remember when almost exclusively the ESPN game would be Terry Gannon and Bardo. And so we love Terry Gannon and Bardo. They, those were our guys. And then in comes this Sean Farnham guy. And yeah, we, weren't, we you were new. Uh, yeah, you happened to come in when Gonzaga was on a little bit of a downslope. But as I mentioned now, we have a, a happy marriage. What point <laughs> did it turn around? When, did, when could you tell that, that Spokane was welcoming you with open arms?
2: Uh, I think after uh, Harris hit the three in the WCC tournament at the championship game. Uh, and, and everybody who, who's a Zags fan will remember that shot, uh, against St. Mary's and that was a back and forth game. That was when the battles were really good between the two, to be honest with you. Um, and Harris hit the three and I lost it. I mean, it was like, and the camera angle we had from reverse angle back towards where all of Gonzaga's student section was as that exploded, uh, was just, just insane. So that win, I think that people were like, man, no, wait, hold on. This is crazy. He got excited about us winning. Yes, because I didn't have a dog in the fight. Like, I just really loved calling games. Uh, and I think after that point in time, it, it started to become a love relationship. Uh, and it's one, it's one that I enjoy. It really is. Like, I mean, I, I think Gonzaga, and I'm sure you guys will probably ask me about this, but I, I think Gonzaga is just a special place. I mean, I've, ha- I've sent my kid up to camps up there. My, my oldest son has gone to the Gonzaga basketball camp now. Um, uh, I, I've obviously done a Hoop Fest. Uh, when Sports Center was there a couple years ago, uh, obviously it, there's there's a love with the Davenport Hotel that runs so deep in my very core uh, that I cannot. Uh, I bought a bed from the Davenport. <laughs> like people don't understand, I actually bought a bed from the Davenport and had it shipped to my house. Best bed ever. It is. Like people laugh. Like I like they think it's a forced thing. I don't get any perks. The 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 Davy doesn't like upgrade me when I get there. They don't give me extra peanut brittle. Like. I, I, I actually just love the beds and I love the people that work there. Like, they, this, like the safari lounge staff became, and, and you guys will understand this. And Rob, you probably get this from your time in the league. You start going to hotels and you stay at the same hotels when you go on the road. And there are people that work at that hotel that are good to you, that are nice to you. And you start building a relationship. It got to such a point that Robin and Jen in particular at the safari lounge I would walk in. I would walk in. They would see me. I'd wave at them and they go, Do you want your drink and your usual? And I would say, Yes. I would go upstairs, get my bags dropped off in my room, come back down, my spicy shrimp flatbread, double vodka and seven up sitting on the counter waiting for me as I came back down. You know, when you travel a lot, little things like that. They go a long, long way. Like it makes you feel like you're kind of home, and that people actually know you. Um, and that that that's kind of where the love affair started with the Davi.
0: I've got a couple of questions. Number one, yeah. your drink is a double vodka Seven Up. Yes. Has that changed since you were a freshman in high school?
2: Uh, I didn't drink in high school, so yes, definitely it has. <laughs> uh, my dad was a cop. I never got anything. I was mean, oh. I was, like, I, was uh, I was under a tight watch when I uh, when I was growing up. Uh, really, it was a rum and coke for a long time in college. Yep. I was never- a rum and coke. Uh, and then there was the, uh, was it Malibu rum? 151. Yeah. So I used to go with the Malibu rum. Uh, that, was, that was kind of my thing when I was with the team. Uh, and then one of the things that happened was, look, when you work in this business, there's, there's a lot of people that, it sounds it sounds silly, right? But people will, like, be at the establishments, and in particular, small towns like Gonzaga. Um, there's people that are going to the Safari Lounge after games, and they know that we're the broadcasting. Yeah. Team, or they're there the night before. And they know we're the broadcasting team. Yeah. Um, The idea of my drink is very simple. It looks like a 7-Up. I get it. You just tipped off a lot of people, though. Next year, I've not seen anyone there. I I never have garnish. I never, yeah, I I never have garnish on it. So I I always say, no garnish, put the straw in, Tito's and and, uh, double Tito's and 7-Up, and let's roll it out. And nobody knows that I'm drinking. And that's why I do it. Rob, what is your drink today, now that we're adults? Whiskey.
3: Just yeah. straight whiskey. That's whiskey, my home drink. Whiskey on the rocks. Pendleton. Yep. My neighbor yep. comes over, we'll watch Zag Games and drink Pendleton.
2: The yep. brown stuff. That's oh, my whoa, 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 that's yeah. my drink at home. When I'm at home, that's my drink. Yeah, when you let uh, your hair down. Because, you know, look, after I did the WCC for a long time, I went and did the SEC, and I was in Lexington, Kentucky, and – You go to Kentucky, man. There's some good stuff that you get there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Some good bourbon. And uh, I was, I was a big, I became a big bourbon guy in those days of like finding out what kind of bourbons I'd like. There's bourbon bars that literally have like 400 different kinds of bourbon. And like the guy was giving me shots one night of like trying different ones. And I I fell in love with a couple. And so I've rolled with those. Sean, I knew I liked you
3: because. You compare me to one of your college teammates who liked to go to the Stirp club. Dan gets I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say who it was. Dan Eric. Oh man, I played with him in L.A. Fantastic. He's the best guy ever, right? Oh man. Oh. Ugh. So uh, that's when I knew. We had a relationship.
0: Did you yeah. have? Did you have inside info on what
2: Rob likes to do on the weekend, Sean? Or did <laughs> no? I, 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 I did not. Right. Okay. I did not, but it's just, you know, there's a person there's a person Ian and Rob, you can attest to this because you played with them. But there's kind of some similarities <laughs> in personality. Like, like there's a joyful nature but like a ruthless aggression that's hidden underneath. And it just depends on what version you're getting. And I'm not trying to say you're bipolar, Rob. Like I would never do that. To I'm a fans. Gemini. I'm yeah. a Gemini. Yeah. But you definitely have multiple layers to you. And Dan had multiple layers to him as well. And I always thought when I saw, saw you, I was like, you know what? Uh, this, this, this could be a little Danny G.
3: And unfortunately we look alike too. When yeah, I had well, curls. Yes, that's true.
0: John, I wasn't going to bring this up, but uh, Rob did. I uh, I took the liberty of looking up your college stats. And oh, That's by fun. the way, your Wikipedia page
2: reads like a novel. It reads like I don't know who did it, by the way, and I <laughs> honestly do not know who did it. I think it was somebody at ESPN PR that did it.
0: It's so well done. It sounds like it sounds like, it, it, or it reads like a professional writer did it. It looks like yeah. a feature.
2: Yeah, it's definitely not me. So good on you.
0: Well. <laughs> uh, anyway, looked up your stats. Yeah, they're, they'll uh, blow you away. They're 60, huge. <laughs> 60 games total. Yeah. 1.3 points per game, 1.2 rebounds, 47.5 field goal percentage, which isn't bad. Right. Career Free throw percentage, not good. Bingo. Tell me about, I mean, okay, as a walk-on, and again, you as far as walk-ons go, people don't understand. Sean Farnham was a player out of De La Salle. He could have gone a number of places, but you chose to go to UCLA. But, I, you know, Let's call spade a spade. You're a white walk-on. You should be nailing your free throws. What happened? <laughs> I, should,
2: I, I, I should be. Uh, here's the problem. In, in a lot of those cases, uh, I shot better my final two years. I think, um, but my first couple of years, you know, when you're sitting on the bench for like eight straight games, and then you get in for 30 seconds at the end of the game, and you get fouled, you're like, "Good God, I can't miss this," you know. And it kind of got into your head a little bit, and it was not. It was not a very positive thing for me, you know. Um it's so funny. Like, my dad gets really sensitive about this. Like, my dad gets really sensitive. Like, if he listened to this, he'd be like, why are they bringing that up? You've worked hard to overcome your stats. And I'm like, yeah, I know, Dad. Like, we're good. 20 years past it, we're good. Um, but the funny thing about it was, like, when I went to UCLA, like, I chose UCLA because I knew I wasn't going to play. Like, if I wanted to go play somewhere, I would have gone to St. Mary's because they were horrible. They were the last place team in the West Coast Conference. Ernie Kent? Ernie Kent was their coach. I was offered Uh, Santa Clara. I was offered by Santa Clara. I was offered by USF. I was offered by Cal, but Cal didn't have, the Cal was on academic uh, uh, probation because the, the said, uh, not the, um, the Jelani Gardner, uh, Todd Bozeman was their coach and they got put on. They weren't going to go to the NCAA tournament. I was like, nah, I don't want that. I was offered by pretty much everybody on the West coast, Santa Barbara, everything. The reason I went to UCLA is because I think I was different and, and I didn't have these illusions of who I was. Like, I knew I wasn't going to the league. So could I get the best education and have the opportunity to open up doors of opportunity that I, maybe I wouldn't have if I went somewhere else? And yeah. so that's why I made the decision to go to UCLA. And, and people will look at it and go like, God, that's a really old decision for a young person to make. Uh, but I guess I was just kind of wired a little different on that front. Like, And I knew when you're coming onto a team that had Jelani, Jelani McCoy, J.R. Henderson, by the way, who's still playing professionally in Japan. Played against him. He's a beast he was skilled i was
3: talking mad shit to him too
2: (laughs) that doesn't surprise me rob (laughs) i was saying i was like what was the red sea like when you parted it and all this type of craziness he's old man yes he was he still is old he's he's 45 years old playing professionally still overseas in japan making great money he married he married a woman over there uh he's basically he basically is he's a god yes he's a god over there He, he is Um, and then, then of course we get Earl Watson, Baron Davis, Matt Barnes, Jerome Moiso, who was a lottery pick for the Celtics, uh, Dan Gazzuric, uh, whichever one you want to call him and, uh, Jason Capono and let alone guys like Ray young, who was a McDonald's all American. And that's why I wanted to have a chance to go win a national championship. I wanted to, I wanted to, to play on a winner. Now, the funny thing was I started like my, the first game of the PAC 12, my junior year. And that was because it was right after New Year's and a couple of those guys went out and had too much fun and Lav was all upset. So Lav was like, who wants to start? And I raised my hand. He's like, fine, fine. I'm going to start. And I was like, oh, what? Like, (laughs) are you serious? (laughs) Like, you're not joking about this. I'm actually going to start a game. Like, I went from not playing to starting. Like, what's going on here? This, This can't be happening. And so I ended up starting and we won. We beat an undefeated Arizona. And I played pretty well. I had the second bucket of the game. Uh, I set some screens. I played some great defense. And I started kind of figuring out for me to play, I, I didn't have to score. Because, again, go through that list of guys that I just listed that I played with. Why the hell would you want me to shoot? And so I started figuring out what my role was and how I could get on the court. And then I started doing that. And I started starting pretty much every game the rest of the way. And, and it kind of it it emerged. Now, Gonzaga was lucky. Gonzaga was lucky. Because my senior year, I started the first three games, and we were walloping people. We put back-to-back 100s up, and we were like, yes, this is great. Then comes this little tiny school from the Pacific Northwest onto our campus, and we're showing Casey Calvary dunk on Kenyon Martin like seven times in a row in our film session. And our coach's like, these guys can beat us. These guys can – they're good. Look at this. He's dunking over Kenyon Martin. He's dunking over Kenyon Martin. They should have showed us the guards. And all they did was show us the big. And then we go out there and Santangelo and Fromm, and they threw a zone at us and the rest was history. And by the way, I didn't start that game. So that's not on me. And, <laughs> and I looked at Lav afterwards. like, you should have started me. We would have won. Uh, no, but we lost that game by like, I think, like 20 on our home floor uh, to Gonzaga. And that was the first time I ever had any interaction with Mark Few uh, or, the, or the Zags program. And that was the uh, November 99, I want to say. So it was the 99 the year after their elite eight. Yeah. yeah. It was the year after their elite eight. And yet we still, because again, everything was different as far as social media and things like mm-hmm. that. If, if the Zags made that run today for the very first time, there was no doubt that everyone in our locker room would have known who the hell they were, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, they, but because they didn't, and it was no social media and we're playing in the tournament at the same time they're playing in the tournament we're not really paying attention to what's going on outside of our little bubble of what we're doing. We really weren't like it didn't, it didn't register on a lot of our guys radar screens, which that's, that's a, that's a whole nother mental preparation issue.
0: Yeah. Few uses flying under the radar to his advantage whenever he can. Here we are 21 years later, Sean, you're probably going to give us some BS political answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Next to UCLA is Gonzaga your favorite
2: program. Um, it's it's up there. I mean, it's de- it's definitely up there. Like I, I look at it from my son's perspective, like what I want my son to play at Gonzaga. Yeah, of course I would. I, I, Tommy, Mark, the culture of that program. Rob knows it better than anybody. I mean, when I first went up there, Mark's kids were really young and they were like playing behind the bench during games. Uh-huh. You know, they were shooting. The guys would rebound for him as they were shooting on the floor. Like it's such a unique atmosphere um, that it's there. Um, obviously, UCLA is always going to be number one. But the big thing for me is like I want my son to be able to go play. Hopefully, uh, and he'll probably be a walk on. Like honestly, he's not that great. Um, damn, yeah. damn. Got to be real. You think your father's sensitive? <laughs> yeah. wow, you got to be real. That's crazy. No, he's he's a very good player, but like he has other interests. He has a lot of other interests. Like he's a great shooter. Um, he's an excellent defensive player. Let me ask you
0: this, Sean, let me ask you this because you just so eloquently told us 20 years ago, why, or 25 years ago, sorry to Asia, why you chose to go to UCLA. Would you want your son to make the same decision? Would you want your son to go to a big time program, walk on at a, to have a chance at winning a national championship rather than go to a Santa Barbara?
2: No, I want, I want him to go where he academically is going to accomplish his goals. Like he's, uh, his, he's he's a sniper on call of duty and i saw your tweet i saw Um, your it's mint mute if you want to give him a follow on youtube (laughs) all right yeah like he's he's actually like he's really legit uh there's he has a goal to make phase i think he's probably going to make it i really do he's he's on a trajectory and and working his way and grinding that way that's his number one number two is he wants to make movies he wants to make like marvel movies he wants so to be honest his number one school is usc And I'm perfectly fine with that. Like, I'm good with that. Like, I have no problem with that. If that's what his, like, everybody has their own path. Everybody's journey is different. Like, all three of my kids are going to be very different in their path and their journeys that they take. But if his journey takes him to USC and he gets into film school at USC, yeah, I'll pull out the loans and I'll get that paid off. We'll get that done because I want him to accomplish his goals. It's not about me. It's not about where I would want him to go. It's where he wants to go and what his vision and his dream is for himself.
0: Sean Farnham, about a year ago, all Zach fans were very excited about the tournament. Rob and I were making plans to to go to the Final Four, etc., etc. Then, you know, we win in Vegas, fanfare, all that jazz. I remember thinking, we're going to have the tournament, we have to have the tournament, too much money. I remember seeing you in studio. And when you said we have to shut down the tournament, we have to cancel over this year. It's the right thing to do. It crushed me because I thought if Sean Farnham has this opinion, Mr. College basketball, we're going to have to shut it down. Yeah. Can you, can you tell me your perspective? Uh, you don't have to go too far into detail, but from when you first thought that COVID could be an issue to when the tournament actually shut down?
2: Okay, so like two weeks beforehand, people start talking about COVID. I'm like, yeah, like yeah, whatever, sure. whatever. Like, there's a couple right? people, there's a couple people in Kirkland, Washington, that have it. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Like, we've we've got this under control. I was wrong. Um, then we go to uh, we go to Vegas, and I was in Vegas for the WCC tournament. I was, I mean, I called the games on Saturday. Uh, Vital came in. Vital went to two concerts. He went to Babyface. Babyface <laughs> ended up having COVID. Like, and I'm like, wow, like. It, it was just like, we're, at that point in time in Vegas, we started having a lot of conversations about it. We were starting like, all right, this seems like it's pretty serious. Like, I think we're going to have a tournament, but I think it's going to be without fans. You know, like, it's just, we're going to have a tournament. It's just going to be different. No fans, but that, we're still going to get through this. I mean, and you remember that place was sold out for the championship game. That yep. was March 10th. Rob was there. I, Rob was down I, there. On the floor doing interviews post-game for Sports Center. And I left that arena, got on a red eye, Flew to Bristol, started working at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific uh, for all the champ champ week stuff that we had that day. And we're there like, okay, celebration of the day. We're still moving forward. And then all of a sudden, like in the lower left, you got to understand, like we have like Zoom screens. Like, you know how we have those multiple boxes at the top where we can all see each other? Mm -hmm. In studio, we have like eight televisions across that go across and we have games up on all of them. And sometimes we have NBA games up. And I was going to do some NBA stuff the next morning for Get Up. And so I was like, hey, can you put the NBA game on in the lower corner? And they're like, yeah. So NBA game was on. I'm watching all the champ week stuff. Uh, Syracuse is just beating the heck out of no, uh, North Carolina. And I looked down. and I'm like, does that say that they, they that they Rudy Gobert tested positive? What, what's going on? So now I started like Googling. And I start watching and I'm like, okay, this, this doesn't look good. This, this isn't good. Then like 30 minutes later, Woj drops that the NBA is pausing its season. And I was like, oh, no, we're done. Like, that was the first time it hit me that we were done, that there was no way that the NBA is going to say – because the NBA is getting some intel that we didn't have at that time, obviously, like, right? Like, most of the public had no idea what was going on. Rudy Gobert literally shut down the world. Yeah. Like, and and one day that's going to be a 30 for 30. Yeah, can't wait. 30 for 30, the man who who shut down the world, Rudy Gobert. And just just made a bag recently, too. Yes. You know, so (laughs) – Not going to hate on that, um, but we're sitting there and my producer gets in my ear and goes, hey, fellas, uh, coming up here at the half, let's uh, talk about what uh, North Carolina has to do to get back into it in the second half. And I was like, what? I'm like, man, no, if we do that, we are completely missing the boat right now. What we needed to be talking about is what's going on in the NBA, and whether or not we're actually going to have college basketball and whether or not there's going to be an NCAA tournament. Now, at that point in time, we come on. Halftimes are really short. We showed like six highlights of other games. And then we had like a minute and a half for three people to talk about this. It's not that long. We didn't really go deep in it. We didn't get deep in the layers and the wickets of it. Uh, SVP is over in his studio. They call me and they say, hey, we need you to come over now Mm -hmm. because he's going live and we need you to come in. And so he asked me the question, what do you think is going to happen with college basketball? And I said, I think we've seen our last college basketball games played. And as I said it, I was like, first of all, I'm costing myself a ton of money. Yeah. Second of all, uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but I, I felt at the time in my head that it was the right thing to do. And I, and immediately I was getting blasted on social media, fear monger, uh, coaches were texting me on my phone. Uh, don't say that. How could you say that? You're killing me. You know, my kids work so hard for this year and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, like I get it, but I'm I'm not paid to be your mouthpiece. Um, I'm paid to give my opinion. And if you don't like my opinion, that's fine. If I was wrong, I would have paid the consequences of being wrong on it. Uh, But I came through with a statement that I believe to be true. And it was. And I don't regret a a second of it. Um, What pains me is the kids. What pains me is not just Gonzaga, who had a legitimate chance to win a national championship last year, but teams like Dayton, teams like San Diego State, all three of those teams had a legitimate claim to say they could make a final four and maybe win a national championship. And they may never, those other two, Dayton and San St. Diego State, they may not be at that level again for 20 more years or maybe ever. Uh, Obi Toppin was a really special player last year. And most of the country really didn't get to see him a whole lot because he played in a conference that doesn't have a great television package. And that's a shame. And so I, I think that those missed moments are what I feel bad about. I feel bad for Sabrina Ionescu mm-hmm. and the fact that she returned to Oregon with the whole unfinished business moniker. And I was actually at her final game in Las Vegas, which was the Sunday. That was our off day. I went over to watch her play Stanford because I just want to see with my own eyes how talented she was. She was off the charts. And I was like, man, they're going to win a national championship. And Kelly Graves, of course, my connection to Gonzaga. I mean, he had built that program up and that was his season. Like they're good this year, they were special last year, and and I think that that's that's the thing for me. I it, it hurts me for the 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 players that they didn't have that moment, and it and it pains me that we didn't have the tournament. Um, and you know I get frustrated by some of my colleagues that are calling it out right now. Should we be playing and questioning not whether or not we should be going through the process that we're going through? Um, because I, I I think that we have to start balancing the medical aspect with the mental aspect. And when I spend time, listen, I I spend a lot of time with Corey and I know you guys talk to Corey probably a lot as well. Uh, And I talked to Corey about it and he's like, everybody talks about you take this, take this away. You know, we'll be safer. He goes, what would we have that would be normal in our life? Mm, Preach nothing. And I'm like, yeah, I agree. And that's why, you know, whether it's anybody and and I respect all my colleagues and their opinions and they have their own reasons for their own opinions and that's fine. But the mental health of these kids, they have nothing normal in their life. Their only sense of normal right now is three hours of practice a day or two and a half or two or whatever long coaches are going and their games. The only sense of normal they have is in the locker room. And if you've never been in a locker room, you don't understand it. But if you've been in the college basketball locker room, then you get the brotherhood and the bond that you have. You get the jokes. You get the fights. You get the tears. You get the joy. You get all of it. And if you get all of that, then you understand the value of playing college basketball right now during a pandemic, period. Sean, I think a lot of people
0: listening to this could could be thinking, yeah, well, like you said, Sean Farnham gets paid to talk about college basketball. Of course, he's going to push forward. But the fact that you came out early, last year and said we have to shut it down gives you gives you so much gravity uh and so much credibility so so congratulations on being on the right side of history there that being said does gonzaga win the national tournament last year
2: um national championship i'm not sure they do who i'm not sure that they do um i wasn't i didn't have the same feel i have about this team like this team is different this team uh is special and and Last year, I think a couple things come to come to play. I think there was probably about eight teams last year that could win a national championship. Uh, I don't think we're at eight this year. I think we're maybe at four, maybe at four. Um, and Again, that doesn't mean those, those four teams are going to win. Obviously, things happen in March in an NCAA tournament setting, and this year is going to be unlike any other. When you think about you're going to be in the same geographical location for almost a month. Do you know how taxing that is going to be mentally miserable? Yeah. And let alone, it's not in a warm environment. It's not like you're in in Fort Myers, Florida, and you're wandering around the beach on your off day. You're in Indianapolis. It's going to be cold. There was a Final Four there like years ago, something like that. There was a tornado that came through and literally there was like trash cans flying by my window on the seventh floor of the media hotel, the Marriott hotel right there uh, by what is now Lucas oil field. Um, I mean, it's look, they're going to do the best they can, but it is going to be mentally taxing. That's why I really like veteran teams this year. I like teams that have a core of guys that have been there and done it. I like guys that also have a pit in their stomach. Like you talk about two teams that have a pit in their stomach. Baylor has a pit in their stomach. Gonzaga has a pit in their stomach. Why? Because they felt like they could have won it last year. And now they're back. And now they're better. And look, the fact that game didn't happen, I'm so happy it didn't happen. And here's why I'm happy it didn't happen. Because the fact it was scheduled and canceled adds even more intrigue to the potential matchup that we could end up seeing in the Final Four. And I think it's going to be, if these two face off for a national championship... It is going to be harkened back to the early 90s of college basketball and the expectations and the eyeballs that would be on this game because they have been 1-2 since the start of the season. Nobody else has cracked that that code yet. It's 1-2, that's it. These guys are the best two teams, and they've been carrying that, that flag and running with it ever since. And to me, that's what excites me most about what, what potentially could lie ahead.
0: Canceled games has been kind of the theme this year, Sean, as it stands right now. Zags are, you know, going nine days without a game. What's your schedule Eh. been Eh. day in and day out, week to week?
2: Let's let's not act like they're not going to get a game in this week. All right. Uh,
0: Okay. (laughs) So uh, as of how we're recording this 1030 a.m., there was rumors about Houston. I think that fell through. Look, sounds like Sean knows something that we don't. Uh, There'll be
2: a game this weekend. A WCC game? I do not. I, I can either confirm or deny, but I believe okay. that there will be a game this week. The fifth, and 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 it's going to be. It, it'll be fun. And and I look. I I credit. I told Mark this. Mark saved college basketball this year. And I don't care what if anybody thinks that I'm just blown hot air up Gonzaga's butt. I'm not. All right. He saved college basketball. Look at the schedule. Look how aggressive he's been. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about being undefeated. He doesn't care about 1976 mm-hmm. and being one of the undefeated teams. If it if it happens, it happens. But look at how he's scheduled that. Yeah, two practices before you go play Iowa. Sure, no problem. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, we don't have a game this week. Let's go play Virginia. We'll yeah. play them in Texas. Yeah, great. Let's let's go do that. We'll go yeah. play we'll go play Virginia. Texan you know? Huggy and getting West Virginia on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yep. we we lost this game. That's okay. We'll get another game um got a whole our schedule it, yeah it, a whole it, other it, schedule this weekend hey we want to play yeah can we find the right matchup that's going to work for everybody um and i think that's the important thing and and i hope that they do and i ho- and, and i hope some of the rumors are true um but the, nevertheless the, mark's mark's identity this season has been like we want to have the biggest games i want to make this the most fun for my team and and fun means challenging fun means competing and these kids want to compete and they want to get after it. And these games that he put together became the marquee games of this college basketball season. All of them, all of them, not some of them, all of them. And we stop everything, even if it's not on our air. And we're like, man, it's Iowa versus Gonzaga. Can't wait. Oh, it's Virginia versus Gonzaga. This is going to be. And we celebrate it and we get behind it and we get excited about it. So there's that.
0: If there is a game this weekend, will Sean Farnham be on the call?
2: Um, <laughs> I am, I am currently scheduled to do Gonzaga versus a player to be named later game okay. on Saturday. Okay. Um, however, uh, dependent upon who an opponent potentially could be, there is a, a, a likelihood that the game time could shift or, um, that the broadcast team would shift.
0: I don't want to keep you too much long, Sean, front of You're a busy
2: man. You can keep uh, me as long as you want. I don't care. It's big Rob, man. Like. <laughs> like I like, I have so much respect. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. Why do I like Gonzaga so much? Why? The flat, the flat red pizza. Well, that's part of it. The yeah. but they got to put it back on the menu. Damn okay. it. Come on. Put it back on the <laughs> damn menu. Like, how do you keep all the other ones and not the one that I talk about on television all the time? But the reason why I like Gonzaga is because I like the kids. I like the players. I like the way they do it. I like the way they talk. Like you go up there, and I can sit down and I can talk to Jalen, Corey, Timmy, uh, my conversations that I had with Rob back in the day when he was playing. You know, um, we're weirdos. That's why. But it's 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 fascinating for me to listen to you guys talk about the program. It's fascinating for me to hear the joy and the love you have for the game while you're there, how serious you take it, how unserious you take yourselves, like and. And it's unique. Like you go to places and, and every program is different. Like, I mean, I'll go to Duke and it's very business Like Like the culture, the identity of that culture is very business like. And so it, it's, you know, you know, you know, before you get there, you're like, okay, this is how it is. When I go to Gonzaga, it's like, yeah, Farnham, what do you want? Like, okay, let's talk. And it's just like, it's very <laughs> relaxed and it's like very chill. And it, it's like, man, I get so much good stuff. From the kids, I get so like Corey talking to me about leadership to him, like little thing. And I, that's why I had him on, I, I had him actually come back on air uh, from our studio show and it's on my Instagram, uh, but I put it up there. We're doing this thing called Players Lounge where I want to hear from the players. I don't want to hear from coaches anymore. I'm tired of hearing from coaches. Coach is going to give his coach speak. Let me talk to the players and hear what the players have to say. And so Corey did this thing talking about leadership. I asked him, first question I asked him before the St. Mary's game was, hey, Corey, what's leadership mean to you? And he goes, well, it means, you know, everybody that came before me in this program. It means that I don't ever want to lead from the front. I want to lead from the middle. And I was like, why? He's like, because I don't want to have to pull anybody. I want to be the center point where they can come back to. And I know individually how each of them will respond. Not everybody responds the same way. I can't yell at everybody. I can't just put my arm around everybody. Everybody needs a different kind of leader. And I have to, as a true leader, I have to know the personalities of the people that are on my team in order to bring out the best in them. Think about that answer. Does that answer sound like a 21, 22 year old kid? Or does that sound like a guy that's writing a motivational book with uh, Trevor Moab and and like, you know, whatever it takes part two, you know, Um, like it's, 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 there's a next level empowerment of the student athlete at Gonzaga. There's an empowerment that goes on from that coaching staff, whether the kids realize it during their time there. And Rob, I don't know how, if you felt it while you were there, or if it's something you look back on and go, oh, wow, like I, I didn't even realize I, okay, like I learned something with that. And, and I just think that I get blown away with the perspective of how to be great, like how to sustain being great. Like, wow. I, like I like greatness. I like Kentucky 38 and one, Carl Anthony Towns. Devin Booker, if Alex Poitras isn't hurt, I think they're an undefeated national champion. I think they, he was the guy that could match up with Nigel Hayes uh, from Wisconsin. I like watching Cam Reddish, Zion Williamson, and R.J. Barrett play together. And they brought a different kind of feel to Duke that they hadn't had in recent years. I like what Jawan Howard's doing right now at Michigan. You know, Jawan's doing a heck of a job. He's, he's mixing old with young. He's empowering his, his players to play. And and I think that part of the thing to me is being at UCLA, and the time I was at UCLA was right after they won a national championship, and expectations were extremely high for us every single year.
0: Oh, you came and, the year after
2: ninety five. Uh, huh? d- no, uh, they, after the, the Princeton loss is how they found me because <laughs> they lost and they came to the first they came to the state championship in California and they started recruiting me off that game.
0: Oh, right on. Okay,
2: and so that's where uh, my official visit there was like very shortly thereafter. So you know, you were, and then your then I got removed. Yeah, and then I got my scholarship uh, about 10 days before the start of my freshman year okay. at UCLA. Okay. Um, and the thing about it is is when you when you have an expectation level of greatness, how often do you meet that level of greatness? Honestly, think, think of like when we go to preseason expectations and we're like, that team's going to be great. How often does that team actually meet Rarely, the bar? Okay, so rarely is your answer. And I don't disagree. Rarely do teams meet the bar of greatness. How often does Gonzaga meet the bar of greatness? More often than not. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. if you're asking me as a basketball guy why I like Gonzaga, yeah, that's why I like Gonzaga. They, they, the bar is here, and they, they hit it every single year. And I know there's fans that listen to this that are Zags fans. They'd be like, "Well, we haven't won a national championship yet." Okay. There's a lot of teams that haven't won national championships yet that are really, really good teams and great programs. Look at what has been established. Look at this this 1999 NCAA tournament until now, what this program has accomplished. Put it up against anyone, anyone. Minus a national championship, you have done everything and anything that you could possibly have done during that period of time, including play for a national championship and 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 there is no doubt in my mind and 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 the trust factor too and mark's trust factor of like why do i need to go somewhere else we can win a national championship here like when you see gonzaga for the first time and you lay your eyes on that campus, and that's not that's not a slap against the campus but it's just when you look at the monsters that we have in college basketball you're like this is the place this is the west coast chapel of college basketball and it is that and as much as i love ucla if we're talking about in the recent post-1995 era, there is no doubt who the best program on the West Coast is. There is no doubt if you're going to name a blue blood from the West region of the United States who it would be. It would not be Arizona. It would be Gonzaga. Sean, this is why this marriage works out so well, because you're so kind
0: to us. You make us feel so good about ourselves. No, but if is, <laughs> Rob, anything I'm saying not true?
3: You know... I- I would have to, you have to put that Ben Howland UCLA team you forgot about. I know no, no, they're three straight years, years. three You're straight black. years,
2: but look yep. at how many losing seasons they've had during that stretch.
3: No, no, I agree. I think there's nobody else on the West coast like us.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's not blowing again. That's not blowing air. And look at the numbers. Yeah. Who's, who's won more tournament games. Nobody. nobody. Who's gone to more elite eights. Nobody like, yeah, that those three years were, were magical for Ben Howland. There's no doubt about it, but look at the years around those years. Look at the losing seasons. Look at how many times they got bounced in the first week in oh, the NCAA I, tournament. I can't like,
3: argue with you. I think we're the best, hands down. I think, I think we're we are the program on the West Coast, right, hands down.
2: And, and I think what needs to happen for college basketball, and this is where I go, where staring down this path of college football and seeing what college football is going to go to, right, and how power fives are really going to probably tighten tighten their their grip on college football and that, you know, a breakaway from the potential NCAA is there for sure. And let's be honest, their championship isn't even an NCAA championship now. So it doesn't really matter. All right. But if we ever get to a point where we look at the same thing for college basketball, then Gonzaga has to be pulled in to like a the, the, the West Western conference, and you you make it like a Western conference on the West Coast and you add San Diego State and you add UNLV because historically UNLV is still a top five winning percentage program uh, and it would help their program actually. And you play within the Pac-12 schools as well as that. And, and you make something so powerful that people have to want to watch it on a consistent basis. I think part of the problem with college basketball is we don't think enough outside the box. That's why I give Mark so much credit for what he does. Uh, that's why I think, by the way, the SEC Big 12 Challenge this past weekend was great for college basketball. That Oklahoma-Alabama game was awesome. Texas Tech rallying from six down with under a minute left to go against LSU brought people's eyes to the sport. Tennessee thumping Kansas the way that they did brings eyes to Rick Barnes' program. The more eyes we can get on the sport, the better the sport will be. And look, I'm all in favor of kids going straight out of high school to the league if that's what they want to do. Go. Guess what we'll still have? 93 of the top 100 prospects in in Paul B Cardi's list will still play college basketball. And what we will have is we will have guys like Corey Kispert that we can celebrate the fact that his numbers right now are something we haven't seen in college basketball in the last 25 years, as far as his shooting percentages, plus his 20 points per game average. Jared Burnson, our, our amazing stat guy uh, at ESPN, our researcher found that he hasn't been a player in 25 years and likely ever that has the stats that Corey Kispert has right now, as far as his percentages go, we will have guys, uh, you know, like Luca Garza, that have tremendous careers that you can really get behind and celebrate and 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 be fans of, and that's good. And by the way, if you're good enough and you're a Jalen Suggs and you don't want to go to the G League or you don't want to go to the league right away and you want to go play in Spokane, go play in Spokane. And after your year, we'll tip our cap and say best of luck to you as you're a top five pick. You know, if you want to be Evan Mobley and go play at USC and be number two pick, great. Good luck to you. I'm all for players having the right to go when they want to go. If they make a bad decision, by the way, and they don't get drafted, guess who that's on? It's not on college basketball. It's not on anybody except for that player listening to bad representation and getting bad advice. You you. should have made a better decision. I'm one for accountability in sports. You have to be accountable. When Rob was on the court, he was accountable to coverages. Pick and roll coverages, protecting the basket, offensively setting screens, rolling to the rim. He was accountable. And if he wasn't, He was held accountable by his coaches. And likewise, if you make a bad decision and you think you're ready for the league and you look at every mock draft and you don't see your name on it, yet you still think you're good enough to go, then guess what? Shame on you. Shame on you.
0: That is a conversation I'm sure you are not lost for words on. I'd love to get into that. Uh, To your point earlier, Sean, you know, I'm 32, Rob's 31. So I think... People our age, maybe a couple years younger, still think of Arizona basketball, UCLA basketball, with some reverence. But I think of someone like your your son Sean, they have to look at Gonzaga as as the program that's kind of carrying that that flame for West Coast basketball.
2: Yeah, no, it's no, they do. That way. They do, and it's going to continue that way. I, now, I do. I would say this, Mick Cronin, quietly. People don't notice, but he's won twenty two out of his last twenty six Pac twelve games. Like that's that's really good. Twenty two out of twenty six in the Pac twelve. Truth tree. Did you like that hire? Yes. Okay. Loved it. You like? I was. I was an advocate. Westwood. By the way, I was an advocate for him weeks before when they were bringing me other names and I was part of that, I was quietly part of that discussion of what was going on and they would call me and they'd ask me my thoughts on, on different hires. Okay. And I was in mixed camp well before, because I'd seen him coach at Cincinnati. Like he's, he's tough, man. He is tough, tough, tough. And at coming off of, you know, Steve Alford who didn't really focus too much on the defensive end of the floor. Like we needed to, we need to have a better sense of identity. I also knew that he wasn't as tough at the offensive end. Like he would let the guys play, If he had pieces that could go when he was recruiting the guys he was recruiting at Cincinnati, it wasn't like he had Lonzo ball, you know, it wasn't like he had, you know, first round Kevin loves of the world, like give him that opportunity and let's see what he does. The markings of this year's team have nothing to do with defense. The defense is probably what's going to maybe hurt them from winning the conference championship or advancing the NCAA tournament. They're not a great defensive team. They're a very, very good offensive team. And Tiger Campbell's been really good at distributing the basketball. And you look at who they've got coming in next year, they've got some pretty good recruits. They got some guys that can go. Like UCLA is going to come back. And I think they're going to be back for a while now. Now, does that mean that they're back at the level in which Gonzaga is? No. By the way, can UCLA and Gonzaga both be back at the same time? Yes. Yes. Yes, they can. They're, and by the way, for anybody that lives in the West region of the United States, you should be hoping mm-hmm. for that because then, I guarantee you, they will play each other on a consistent basis. We've seen it in the past. Mark will get it done. Mick is willing to play anybody, anytime. And so it it, it really would bode well for the West region to have two teams ranked in the top 15, top 10 of the country that draw attention. And right now we don't have that. Right now it it the shoulders the the west region is is on the shoulders of Spokane Washington.
0: I need you to take off your basketball analyst hat, put it to the side. Yes. I need you to put on your UCLA alum hat. How close has UCLA and Guerrero been to luring few down? Never. Towards? Never even Never. That's Never. Not, come on, Jack.
2: that is the worst possible question. You know, there's that is the terrible <laughs> question, Jack. Like damn. <laughs> Like, what are you talking about? The
3: UCLA? You think Fuey would
2: ever even think about going to LA? I, mean, I, I think Guerrero would be... Mark? Like, no, hold on. You don't think Guerrero has reached out? Sure. Here's how the phone call went. Hey, Mark. This is Dan. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm bud. sure you know that we have an opening. Any chance? Nah, you know, I can't take the call right now. I'm going to go fishing. Right. Uh, if I call you back, you might have... Uh, maybe I'm interested. But if not, then... You know, I'm just going to go catch some fish. And then he hangs up the phone and he goes fishing. Like, like people don't understand. Mark could have had any job in the country that's been open in the last really 15 years. That doesn't mean you can't still make a phone no, call. No, Jack, we're going to stop you right now. That everybody mean you can... makes phone calls. That's what I'm everybody saying. made phone calls. <laughs> and again, the phone calls exactly the same. Eh, i got to get to Court d'Alene. My son has an AAU game i got to get to. I'll call you back when I can. He's kind of like the manager in Major League. I got a guy with some white walls on the other line, you know, like, (laughs) let me think about it. You know, like, I mean, that's basically how Mark has to deal with these coaches that want to call up these ads that want to call up and be like, Hey, you want to coach our program? I mean, the the question
0: had to be asked. He's never leaving. One day there's going to be a tell all book and he's going to talk about how close he was going to Oregon at one point. He never is leaving. Well, at this point, no, of course not. But 15 Oregon, Oregon,
2: I'll give you, yeah. but UCLA, nah, I want to do some a- good rivers. There's some rivers around there so
3: he could. Oh start. yeah. I've seen the LA river, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Beautiful. All right. The, I cement, wanna- the cement banks are great. Yeah. Sean, Sean before we let you go, I want to do a Farnham five. Okay. can I do a of five with you. Rapid yes. fire questions. Yes. Okay. Favorite ESPN play-by-play guy to do a game with. That I've ever worked with. Period, all time.
2: I mean, more this consistent. Is, this yeah. is really hard, mm-hmm. really, really hard. I mean, because it's it's. I've worked with Musburger. I've worked with Nessler, uh, Carl Ravitch, Boog Shambi. It's between two, uh, Fleming and Tess. I knew like Joe it was, Tess okay. and I in the SEC. We had so much fun together. Uh, Dave and I have had chemistry since day one. Like, so it's it's like Dave is like Dave is the style is so different. So Dave is comfy sweats. Good, like for me, like I'm like in like a pair of sweats, and I'm like, dude, this is so easy. He makes it so so easy on me. Yeah, Tess is like, I I got a double espresso and a rock star, and we're just gonna go through the moon. And it's just a completely different way of calling a game. Both to me work great. Like I'll go either way, so I'll have fun with it. So I would have, I'm gonna split the difference. I'm gonna go both on those. Okay, Fleming, Fleming and Tess.
0: Best ESPN play by play voice
2: oh man uh dude musburger
0: okay musburger i had shulman here i had shulman and tessitore on here
2: but it has to be musburger like i mean you're looking alive like i mean iconic (laughs) like he's iconic in the in the business i mean there's like like uh, look i i worked with vin scully and so I, i i don't call him eligible like but when i did dodger sideline to get the toss from vin Like was unbelievable to hear him say, it's time now for Dodgers Live. Let's send it down to the field to Sean Farnham. Sean, take it away. And I'm like, that's Vin Scully? Like, are you kidding me? Like, he just tossed to me the greatest play-by-play guy of all time. But I I would say Musburger, you go back, and the first game I ever did with Musburger was BYU-Gonzaga at Gonzaga. He came back from a wedding in Hawaii. He wore a linen suit in the middle of February. A linen suit. And, and then we went back to the Davenport and he started drinking his, his beers and we're sitting there and he s- starts telling stories about Muhammad Ali, about Pete Rose. I mean, like we're going back in the like, So for, for me, like his voice, it's Musburger.
0: Okay. Okay. Best sports information director in college basketball.
2: Oh, Barrett Henderson by far. <laughs> He's also oh. the most dapperly dressed. Like, a I mean, guy. did you hear the shout out I gave him on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. like oh yeah like he's sitting there taking pictures and and uh cook throws the ball i think they said it was deflected i didn't see it was deflected of course i'm sitting here looking off of a 30-inch monitor in my house and not actually at the site so makes it a little different difficult so if i miss one every now and then let it slide zags fans uh but barrett henderson he does such a great job and here's and here's why he he's great kyle kyle was great by the way also at uh, uh okay kyle was also great uh, because they they would reach out early. Like I have a game that's again scheduled on Saturday for Gonzaga. There is no opponent on Saturday schedule. With that being said, Barrett's already sent me two emails with updated stats, and like here's our notes for the you know for where we're at this season, our national rankings, our trends, and everything. So like I can start my prep now, regardless of who said opponent may potentially be coming up this weekend uh and there's a great value of that and plus he got me into the jordan davis concert in spokane last year which i really enjoyed so let's there you go i appreciate that's that's not quite payola far from. no it's not quite i mean you know (laughs) i didn't i didn't have to uh, i didn't have to even buy him a drink like barrett's such a rock star up there we got free drinks we got to go backstage hang with jordan davis uh and have a great time so let's let's go let's roll Best
0: non-flatbread menu item at any Davenport property.
2: This is this is number four. You're assuming that I've had Aha! something other than the flatbread at the Davenport. Uh, no, you know what? I, lo- I like the fish and chips. The fish and chips are pretty good there. Um, and uh, they recently had a pasta like with the uh, chicken, like a chicken fettuccine type pasta that was pretty good. That's what I had last time I was up there because they didn't have the spicy shrimp flatbread. I had the, uh, the chicken fettuccine that had like some peas and some chicken and stuff in it, or maybe chicken Alfredo. I don't know what it was, but it was good.
0: Farnum five question. Number five, the most important question. Maybe yes. I've ever asked on this podcast who wins in a fight, Rob Sacre, Omar Samhan. a fight.
3: Ooh. This is not even a question. I'm not even having this. Rob's from know.
0: Canada, bro. I,
3: I know. Yeah, that. I I literally fight Vancouver. every time I go back into Canada. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's why you can't get back. You have to spend 14 days. We wear um, flannel. We wear listen, flannels, and we beat the shit out of each other.
2: Listen, here's the deal, though. I like I, I I I concur, and I understand everything that Rob says. But there's like Omar is part psycho. Like there's like a there's like a Kevin Owens-esque like. <laughs> like mental approach to like Omar that, you know, you don't know if it like, like he, he might be a guy that Rob hits with a steel chair seven times and he's bleeding and he's laying down on the ground. And the next thing, you know, he undertaker sits up and starts laughing and you're like, what is wrong with this dude? And like, yeah, that,
3: is, that is true.
2: And then Rob Very hits him with a chair again. And he just, He doesn't even fall, and he just now the blood is really gushing, and he doesn't care. I mean, it might be one of those where you have to like run over with a golf cart, jump off of a forklift. By the way, all of these things happened over the weekend during the Royal Rumble and (laughs) Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens. Just in case you're wondering, Um, but like it would be, uh, it would be a battle. Um, It would be a battle. I'm not. I I don't know. I'd like to see it though. You know, if Jake Paul can do like celebrity, like fundraiser, like boxing thing and knock out Nate Robinson, why can't we set up a Sakre? omar samhan for charity and and have it actually take place like that's i think you know how much money you could raise what kind of fight would you want to do? what kind of what kind of would it be a cage would, would it cage be a combat? cage rob or would it be uh, a bare wrestling knuckles. ring bare knuckles bare so knuckles. you go ufc, yeah, UFC. No, we're not even
3: doing ufc we're going I kimbo think... slice backyard type shit
2: so omar <laughs> omar
0: doesn't have like any muscle definition and i feel like you always got to watch out for those guys it's him, Jack it's the Popeye muscles. Lost, like, it's the Popeye muscles who may not hit as hard.
3: Jack, he's lost like fifty-five pounds. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him. I've seen I him. Seen I, him. Seen I him played, i do not know. I saw him and I played against him in Japan. He's he's like skin and bones now.
2: It's crazy to see. Really? All right. Is he more athletic? No. Okay. See, that's <laughs> the thing. I I laugh. People often think like, oh, you get you lose weight, you get more athletic. No, you don't. <laughs> Are you an athlete or not? Like have that's you, like, you have to know. Sam Han used to
0: also wear, like, like low-top Vans on the basketball court. Does, does Sam Han get to, like, tag out to Brad Waldo at some point in time? I'm not going
3: to even give this guy this much leeway on this podcast. I don't know why we're giving this guy this much leeway. Does Waldo get tagged in? <laughs> I'll do Waldo. Yeah. I, I, You'd beat Waldo.
2: <laughs> Waldo doesn't. Waldo's too nice. Like, Waldo be like, I'm sorry. You, did your hand hit my face? No, he's a nice guy. He was he's a nice the nicest guy, guy I, in the he, world. Yes, he, he I'll he, give you
3: credit. He's a really the, nice guy. Do
2: you remember the night he, he he got his tooth knocked out at the WCC tournament? Brad Waldo? No. I think you were already gone. But Waldo got his tooth knocked out. He took it and tossed it at Randy Bennett, who then moved away and didn't catch it. And then one of the assistants picked it up. He went to the doctors, got to the dentist right after the game had major dental surgery. I'm sitting in the, uh, we were staying at the Palms at the time, right around the corner. And that's where actually St. Mary's was staying. So we're sitting there and I'm having some drinks with my producer. And actually, no, we were, we were playing craps at the time. We are playing craps. Fleming and I are playing craps. Waldo walks up and goes, look at my tooth, it's gone. And like shows me that he has no tooth. And I'm like, Dude, you are so doped up on Novocaine right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a
0: semifinal game? And then it was, was a zag- semifinal game. Dag's yeah. the next night. Yeah. That's why, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it's hazy. Yeah. yeah.
2: Good good stuff. You know what though? Hey, honestly, guys, I appreciate it. Rob, always a big fan of yours, man. Oh, um man. I, I I a big fan of, of everything you did in college and glad you had the opportunity to play in the league. Um, So many great memories I'm sure that you have from, from your time there, but Rob really, and, and and I say this with great sincerity, Jack, Rob's the type of guy that I love covering in college basketball. Like he really is. And, 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 and Rob embodies so much of what makes my job fun and why after, you know, 11 years now at ESPN, but 21 years in this business, it, it feels like it's new every single day because there's great stories and great people to get to know and great people to cover. And Rob was one of those guys in Gonzaga. Um, and, and, and really, if you think back, Rob was kind of the start of the big, the big man era of the Gonzaga Bulldogs program. Like how many great bigs followed Rob. And Oh, you,
3: you got to put Rony. You got to put Rony there. Yeah,
2: Rony's there too. But like I'm, I'm saying from my, from my perspective, like even at that time, a lot of people still considered it guard you. Yeah. But you were kind of like the one that kind of transitioned it into the bigs. Uh, there were great bigs before you Casey was a great big too like I'm not diminishing anything Casey calvary was a beast um but the idea of wait hold on they're more balanced than people think mm-hmm. kind of started around you and you had other guys with you that kind of helped in that transition and get that to that point oh, where yes. we've seen great yeah where we've seen great balance and this year it's kind of shifted back to the guards because of the lack of length that they have underneath uh, but I, I think people don't give Anton enough credit for what he does um, and the fact that he sacrifices so much of his game right now, I think, in my opinion, uh, for this team uh, because he realizes that there's so many guys that can go for 20 out on the floor with him at every every night that like he just kind of very workmanlike goes about his business and he'll sit down and come back in. And he's been one of the more impressive players to me. And, I, and I, you know, it, it upset me on the thing on Saturday uh, that they had four of the five starters a part of the thing on game. And I thought that was poor. Uh, I thought that we should have had Anton part of that because he deserves to be part of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Zag Twitter was not happy about that.
2: Yeah. I I agree. Like, I mean,
0: also, yeah. I mean, you can't blame the game day producers on that. There's just,
2: there's so many, uh, yeah. There's so many hoopers and and you've got a limited time. So how, how are you going to be able to, you know, how are you going to be able to get that done? Yeah. Nope. Sean Farnham
0: fair as he is kind to the Zag program thank you so much for your time, buddy. And, uh, hopefully before we post this, we'll, uh, understand your cryptic message. It looks like you're reading a text message right now. I just got one. So (laughs) enjoy. (laughs) Appreciate you brother. Thank you, man. Best to you guys, man. What do you got for us, Rob?
3: Success is most often achieved by those who don't know that failure is inevitable.